Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good Saturday morning, my friends out there in Radio Land tuning in to Off the Shelf on this Saturday morning here, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where we always come to you with a fabulous guest. I want to thank our loyal listeners. I got a little bit of a, I don't know if it's allergies or what it is, just the season changing in my throat. So if my voice sounds a little different, that's what it is. But I want to thank all of our loyal listeners who've been with us for going on eight years. Oh, my goodness, that time has gone by so fast. Those who are tuning in at Blog Talk Radio and those over there where we where we started, and we're so glad to be there still at Blake Radio. So we've got them coming in from two different two different areas, and we thank all of you, our loyal listeners, who tune in every single week. For those who are tuning in for the first time, I want to introduce my, myself to you. And as I always say, I'm your host, Denise Turney, and I am coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, and that is the one and only Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it is a joy to have you here with us. And I encourage you this week, my new book, Love Pour Over Me, which our guests helped me with the cover and the banners, will be out. And again, that's Love Pour Over Me. It's coming out in ebook format. You can get it at my website, which is www.chistel.com. C H I S T E L L dot com. Again, that's C H I S T E L L dot com. Or you can go to ebook at Barnes and Noble, Amazon dot com, anywhere, Apple, where ebooks are sold, Ingram, and get a copy of Love for Over Man. You're going to love this story. It's about a relationship between a father and a son, and the son and a, and a woman in his life who is truly his soulmate. So you're going to really love that book. Uh, and now to the moment that you have been waiting for, let us go and meet our special guest. She has been on Off the Shelf before, and I was talking to her before the show launched, and I wanted to ask her this question so she could continue to answer it. Uh, so for, for myself, I wanted to know the answer, and also our listeners, I'm sure, in today's technological age, particularly authors who are trying to find new ways to market and promote their work or just keep their websites up to date, which is something I was doing for several hours yesterday and will be doing again today. Any shortcuts that she knows, she just is a multi, multi, multi-talented, and she does a good job at whatever she does. Some some of us, we keep a lot of balls in the air when we're juggling things, and our work might be mediocre in places, places but she does a top job and whatever she does, and she does a variety of things. And today, our special off-the-shelf guest, just to give you some background on her, she is a graphics designer, one of her talents. She's a book promoter, and she's also now become an author, which I'm really happy to see her after years of promoting and supporting other authors come out with her own book. And I hope that the authors she supported that we will support her in one way or another. And her short story, Birthing Pains, is included in the anthology, Home Again, Stories of Restored Relationships. Her new book, her new novel, which is available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. You can get reviews on her books at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Goodreads. Uh, she's she's a member of several different groups, including um, – well, her, this book is 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 in the Victory Gospel series, and it was released this month, March 2010, when rain falls, by Urban Christian Kensington. So, and she's also the owner and operator of Ty Webb and Creations 
com, which I alluded to a little earlier, a design and marketing company. And her company, uh, it assists authors with branding and developing an, an online presence. And this marvelous woman, and she is marvelous, <laughs> is Tyora Moody. Tyora Moody, and I've read some of the excerpts from When Rain Falls. And again, like I was telling you, she does whatever she does very, very well. Tyora is online at www.tyoramoody.com. Again, that's T-Y-O-R-A-M-O-O-D-Y.com. And we're so happy to have her here with us this morning to talk about her first novel. I remember the last time I was interviewing her, I was asking her was she ever going to publish a novel, and she has done that. So welcome to Off the Shelf, Tyora. Thank you, Denise, and thank you for that great introduction. I appreciate it. You you are just phenomenal. I I, I remember years ago when I first came on the Internet, you had websites. One was for um, a, like a mom website, and I forget what the other, because I wrote some articles for it. And just to see how you have progressed over the years is just is really is really something, and you've always had those technological skills, and that's what I to tell our listeners we were talking about before the show. And you had said you just got into technology because you like to learn new things, and, and I guess if you see something out there or an idea pops up, you like to know how can you learn it. Well, I spent hours, like I was telling you before the show, it kicked off updating my website, and I'm sure a lot of other authors and a lot of business people who are multitasking spend a lot of time doing things that somebody like you with a technological skill, you could do it in a matter of maybe what would take me five hours, you'd be done in maybe 30 minutes. What what advice do you have or what do you do yourself? I mean, you, how long have you been doing technology, number one? The Internet, it changes so fast you can learn one form of technology. Now the cloud cloud is the big thing now. The social networks change like a blink of an eye. How do you keep up? How long have you been doing technology? How do you keep up with the changes? And is there any place that entrepreneurs, including writers, can go to get up to speed? Uh, they might not become as good as you are, but to get up to speed with their technological skills. Oh, sure. Um, well, let me say, um, I think I started with the Internet probably back in 1997. Um, back then I had purchased my first Mac. And I actually when I came online, I purchased um, Internet where I could get on the Internet. And I was just kind of curious about websites and how they were made. So back in 1997, I actually remember going to a Barnes & Noble and I picked up the HTML book. And I took off and running after that. Um, so it stayed a hobby for me from 1997 to 1999. And one of the websites that you were referring to was com. That was the website that I started in 1998. It's since gone offline in 2004. But mm-hmm. um, I met a lot of writers and authors through that website because that was one of the things I wanted to do. I wanted to reach out to women of color and and showcase their writing, you know, different writings, whether it's poetry or articles on business and finance, health, um, parenting. So that was my goal back then. But how I keep up with technology, you know, I would have to say I can't even keep up with it. But 
there are certain blogs that I subscribe to that I have been subscribing to for years, like uh, Mashable.com, SocialMediaExaminer.com. And I can tell you, I don't try to keep up with everything. As far as social media, that's kind of one of my niches, so I do keep up with anything that talks about any new social networks like the Pinterest that came out lately. Yep. Past few mm-hmm. months, um, I've logged in and checked that out. Um, logged into Google Plus and checked that out. And mm-hmm. I definitely keep up with Facebook and Twitter. Um, try to keep up with LinkedIn. So I, I try to keep up with the things that I enjoy being a part of. And as far as websites, I'm a big WordPress user. I've been using WordPress since 2005. I actually started this year with teaching WordPress. So that's kind of wow. Good. I'm expanding now. Start to go into I still do services, but now I'm starting to go into a more teaching phase where now I teach people how to manage their websites, and I'm also going to teach people how to do virtual book tours later in the year. Wow. So there's so many people that come to me, and I can't possibly write and keep up with what people ask me. So I just decided late last year, um, when they come to me, I will show them how to do it. (laughs) Okay. You you made my book cover for my new book, Love Pour Over Me, for our off-the-shelf listeners. Tara Moody made the book cover and the banner. I mean, it, it, it took you, like, no time at all. Your prices are exceptionally reasonable, exceptionally reasonable. And I can see how people are be- banging at your door asking you, your quality is good, your prices are. I don't think you 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 can beat your prices anywhere. And then your quality is, the t- is very, very good. So... Thank you again for the for the cover and the banners. But if I had to sit down and do that, I would probably be days doing something that could you could probably knock out in half an hour. And that and and that that again for our for our listeners and just hearing you say that you just went to the bookstore, got a book on HTML, boom, and you just started doing it. I encourage more and more writers and more off the shelf listeners, particularly those with an entrepreneurial spirit or mindset to Start learning about technology. It will save you so much time, so much time. And I wanted to ask you, uh, starting to talk about your new book, first of all, I have to say this. I mean, all the years that I've seen you online, here, there, wherever, um, you've always been supporting other people, whether you were uh, creating a website to help educate women or mothers or get give authors a spotlight You've always been like the supporter in the supporting role. So I was so happy to see you <laughs> come out with your own novel, When Rain Falls. And I hope everybody you supported will go out and purchase a copy of your book and support you as well as thousands and thousands of other people. But I just wanted to start out and say congratulations on having When Rain Falls picked up by Urban Christian Kensington Publishers, and for our our listeners who are just, I mean, they really want to do what you've done. They want to have their book published by a publisher, and it seems to them like it's almost impossible. Can you tell us what the process of landing a publisher for When Rain Falls was like for you? Oh, definitely. Um, Actually, I have to give credit to uh, an author, Tiffany L. Warren. She uh, does the Faith and Fiction Retreat 
I think she's going into her sixth year this year. Uh, well, in 2010, she decided to do more than just, it was usually just for book clubs. They come and mingle with authors, and readers get a chance to mingle with authors. But in 2010, in that particular year, she offered pitch sessions with editors from publishing companies. And so one of the publishing companies happened to be Urban Christian Kensington, along with, I think, Simon and Schuster was there. Um, I can't remember the other two right offhand. But I had the opportunity to actually pitch this manuscript, which I had completed in 2008. I had it edited at the end of 2008. But it kind of sat around for 2009 because of things that went on in my life, and I kind of just didn't know what direction I want to go with it. I kind of always wanted to go the traditional publisher route, but I was definitely looking at possibly self-publishing it as well because I had a lot of author friends who have done that, and they encouraged me that the process, while it was difficult, it could be done, especially with some of the changes that had taken place. Yeah. But I, I pitched my, my manuscript in front of these four publishers that summer. Um, I did get two rejections, so it wasn't a hit with everyone. But Urban Christian emailed me back in December of 2010, so it was like a great Christmas gift where they said they accepted it, and I got a wow. two-book deal with it. Congratulations. You know, you never know how to. And we had a a best-selling romance author. That's how she got started. She went to a a writer's conference. Mm -hmm. And you could pitch your manuscripts, and she got picked up right there on the spot. And she's been writing for several years. So I'm very happy for you, very, very happy for you. And your book sounds so exciting. But for our readers who've never heard of you, I mean our listeners who've never heard of you and never heard of When Rain Falls, we got to let them introduce you and your book to them so they'll want to go out and get a copy. To begin, why did you decide to make When Rain Falls a series book? Um, It, it kind of started after I started writing the book. Um, When I started writing it, it started with a character that was this little girl in the back of a police car. And I was just curious about her and who she had become as a woman. So that was kind of the start of When Rain Falls. And as I started writing the novel, there were minor characters that showed up in the book that kind of, I guess, I I hate to say spoke to me, but I kind of felt that they had a story to tell as well. And then I started to see a bigger picture, that this was a, a series about women who were having to face their past or that past was kind of following them into their present. And they hadn't really dealt with those issues. Um, And those issues still affected them today. It kind of shaped who they had become as women. And so I wanted to explore that series. And there were some other themes that were coming out, too, that the themes of mentorship and sisterhood were coming out. So that's kind of what um, readers will get from the entire series. But this first book, When Rain Falls, it really centers around grief and loss mm-hmm. and how um, a person deals with that personally and also how others can come around them and help them through that process. Can you tell us about Candace Johnson, uh, the main, a main character or the main character in When Rain Falls? What does she do for a living? 
and where does she live, and what are, what are some of her passions? What are some of the things that she loves to do that motivate her to keep moving forward? Oh, yes, Candace, um, she is a widow, and she's the single mom of two teenagers. So her, her children are definitely motivators for her at the moment because one of them is in her last year. She'll, she'll be going to uh, college soon, and she's also um, on the basketball team, the girls' basketball team. And her, her young son is, is pretty smart. He's kind of a nerd in his own ways. And so she, she really is a supporter of her children. She's also a business owner, so she owns a beauty salon, and she is the owner and manager. So she she does hair, but she also has um, two employees that work there with her. So she she's motivated right now. Right now, at a stage in the book, she is just trying to get a sense of normality back in her life because her husband's been gone for two years, and she's still missing him. She's still missing his presence. He was a a good father, a good husband. And he was taken away in a tragic way. Um, how, so she, and how long were they married? How long were they married? And were they were they like high school sweethearts? Was it like love at first sight? Do you go into I mean, that in, in, into into their relationship in the book? And how long they were married? I'm sure they were married um, almost sixteen years. They weren't really wow. high school sweethearts, but they they met somewhere kind of around eighteen, nineteen age range. Oh, okay. Um, and so he was actually a homicide detective, and okay. he worked and, in her beauty salon, and they raised their kids up until he passed away. So um, he was the love of her life. Um, she had a kind of a when, – when the, the novel starts, I introduce you to her as this little girl in the back of a police car. Oh, okay. And he, her mother actually dies in that scene due to a domestic violence incident. So oh my for a goodness. long time, Candace really didn't trust men because of what happened to her mother due to a man. So when Frank came along, he really came along as a protector and a person who really um, gained her trust back that a man could be good to a woman. So when she lost that, that was really a, a tremendous loss. Wow, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! Oh, oh my goodness! So she sounds like she's in her early forties to me, and they've been the her, she and Frank. Yeah, he helped her to get over that early loss with her mother, which is huge, particularly the way her mother passed, and then for him to pass away violently again. It's like she's got to relive this same trauma over again. Other than the fact that she's trying to get over this, uh, which is major. After two years, her husband's, you know, transitioned. What else is going on in Candace's life? Her daughter's getting ready to go off to college. She's her last year of school. You said her son is a teenager as well, but what grade is he in? And what what's what's happening at the beauty salon? What else is going on in her life at the start of when rain falls? And can you tell us about some of her friends who come through for her during this trying time? Um, sure. Um, and what's kind of sets off the story of When Rain Falls is what Candace doesn't know um, in that first chapter is in the, by the time she gets to the second chapter, she's about to lose another loved one. Oh um, in the first chapter, she, she's talking on the phone with her best friend, Pamela Coleman, who's a defense attorney, and they've been friends since junior high school, so they're like kind of sister-girlfriends. They both were only children, and so they kind of latched onto each other 
as kind of sisters. And but by the time you get to the second chapter, we find that um, Pamela Coleman has been murdered. Wow. Um, at that point, um, Candace doesn't know that, but later as you move into the story, she finds out that she's lost her best friend. Wow. She even describes it at the funeral as she lost her bookends. Like she had her husband who was kind of her, like her best friend, and then on the other side was her best friend from junior high school. So she felt kind of alone, even though she, she still has her children, but she's like, I just feel like I, I'm like looking, they're just gone. Yeah. I don't have any support there. Now, she's a woman of faith, but it's at this time where she starts to ask questions like, why? Why yes. is God taking away these people who are close to me, who are my loved ones? Um, but yeah. one of the things I did really like about, as I was writing this book, were there were two mentors or mother figures in Candace's life that really came to stand by her. I think some of the most powerful scenes in the book were when these two women were in the scene with Candace. Um, sometimes it was a humorous scene or it would have laughter, and then other times it was really somber. And, and you can feel the, or I felt the wisdom, and I hope the reader gets that wisdom, that came from two characters. One was Beulah Samuels, who happened to be a stylist. She, she worked with Candace. And then the other one was a customer. Um, I don't know if, if, if you go to go to the hair salon, but I grew up with my mom. She actually owned the hair salon for about 30 years. Oh, okay. And um, I was always fascinated by the relationship of the stylist and the client in the chair, how they would talk. And, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. one's doing the hair and the other one's getting her hair done. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring that forth in the novel where um, the other mother figure, Frederica Roberts, she's 76 years old, really a a mature, classy, older woman that still likes to get her hair done. But she brought so much wisdom and comfort to Candace when she was sitting in that chair getting her hair done. Um, She actually was in the chair when Candace found out about the death of her friend. Um, So, yeah, so that, that, that... that thing of mentors and sisterhood um, definitely was strung across this novel, and um, I hope readers pick up on that and, and enjoy that. Yeah, and and then, and then that kind of speaks to your work, your early work. When we were talking at the start of the interview, <laughs> the, excuse me, the websites that you created that that spirit of sisterhood that you that is important to you, and it's coming through in your work as well. And I'm sure it is also important. To our listeners, because none of us can really live a good life uh, on our own. I don't think it's possible to do that. We do need each other. Um, this sounds to me, listening to you, like a bit of a mystery. And somehow, now I, now I don't, I, I haven't read the whole book, so I put off the shelf, listeners, and I, and I dare, I wouldn't dare give it away to take that away from our listeners. And I haven't read it to be able to do so. But something's telling me that some of these deaths, even if it's just one or two, might be a little bit related. Now, I can be completely off, but I think Candace, my gut's telling me, is going to have to become a bit of a detective herself and try to resolve some of this, not only her own grief, but, okay, why why has this happened? Why was this person taken away so tragically, and who did it? It sounds like a bit of a whodunit, a little bit. I understand that it's got that element of helping someone to heal 
from from when people transition, which we all do. We we transition when we come into this earth, and we transition when we go out. We don't tend to have too much trouble coming in and going out that we have trouble with. But I understand that. But it seems a bit of a mystery to me as well. And that said, I wanted to ask you, without giving the story away, because I, you know, you don't ever want to read a book and read the last page first. Do you think readers will be shocked or surprised? At the way when rain falls ends, and 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 why? What makes you say that? Um. Oh yeah. There's yeah. Definitely a whodunit. Um. It's a, a mystery novel. Um. There's a detective. The other main character is Detective Darnell Jackson, and he and Candace work together to find out what happened to Pamela Coleman. And there are definitely some twists. In there, um, I purposely try to lead the reader to certain people that seem to be suspect, and um, that was kind of a challenge for me. I didn't realize how intense it is to write a mystery and try to put in red herrings where you kind of want the reader to think it's this person, and yeah. you kind of want them to think it's this person, but then when you get to the end, you have someone else. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that. That's probably why it took me a while to really, because it was new to me to write that way, even though I probably say 75% of the fiction that I read is mystery, suspense, or thrillers. I just have always loved a good whodunit or those kind of reads where your your hair is raised up on your skin. That's just kind of the reading that I love, have always loved. Um, So, yeah, I think readers will be surprised, but I think it, it may it made sense to me by the time I got to the end, the way it was woven in there. So I don't think it'll be a surprise, too much of a surprise, but I think oh, it, it worked. Okay. It worked. <laughs> oh, okay, so you don't think, okay, so the, the reader, as they go along, they'll get to try to figure out, follow the clues and figure out what's going on as well. How long did it take you to write When Rain Falls? Well, I started, uh-huh. It took you, what, two, oh, three years? I, it took, yeah, about two years. I started in 2006, and I didn't complete it until 2008. And it was oh. in the, yeah, fall 2008, and I had it edited for the end of the year. So it took, and that was on and off. Um, I think the last draft that I really liked was probably the third or fourth draft. I had cut out a lot of chapters, took away characters that didn't make it to the final version. Um, so, yeah, it, it took me a while. And I, a part of that was the, the type of writing. Like, some people are seat-of-the-pants writers, which is kind of right as it comes to them. I tried that route, and it didn't work for me. Uh, what okay. worked for me was I discovered I am an outline person. Uh, I'm so logical about the things that I do. Like I'm a big to-do list person and, and a, ca- a calendar person. I also do that with my writing. Like for this book I'm writing now, I started with the outline first, and now I'm going through writing the scenes. And, and things change. Like a lot of people think when you do an outline, it, it kind of makes you, it, it kind of kind of stifles you a bit. But it allows me to be flexible because when I can see a timeline 
for a mystery, I can see the events from week to month or, you know, week to week or month to month. And mm-hmm. if I can see that something doesn't make sense, then I'll move the scene around. Like just the other night, I was like, this doesn't work as Chapter 5. This needs mm-hmm. to be moved back <laughs> to Chapter 10. So I did that the other night um, and just adjusted the timeline. You know what, as a writer that's funny, um, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm finished. As a writer that's funny hearing you say that, you can fill in yourself. And I wonder if every artist or every person has this, that when they're working on something, you can fill in yourself, no, that's not right, or no, I need to take that out, or no, I need to change that. If you if you let your another part of you, I don't know if it's the ego or whatever, override that, when you publish a book or you do put your painting out or your song or whatever, somebody will come up to you and say, you know, I really like that painting, but you should have changed that. <laughs> It'll be the very thing. It'll be the very thing that, and, and deep within yourself, something tells you to change it. And then if you if you if you start rationalizing it, override that and leave it in or don't change it. Somebody will come up to you. I kid you not, and say, you know, I really liked your book, but. You know, in Chapter 5, you really should have changed that. And you go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> How many things, when you send your book to your editor, did your editor, if you didn't change something, that you felt you got, like, a, some inner guidance to change it? Did you leave it in and your editor came back to you and said, you know, Tara, you need to change that? It, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. It's like, oh, my God, i got to start listening. got to start <laughs> listening. Since when um, rain... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's fine. When Rain Falls is a series, this book deals with sisterhood, grief, and it's a mystery. Will each book in the series be a mystery? And are you tackling grief in the next book as well? Um, yes, each of the books will be a mystery. And um, I'm hoping that the mystery level or the, the kind of suspense level will increase or be heightened through each series. Like it'll get deeper and 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 more, I don't know, crazier <laughs> than the next one. Um, the next book is kind of deals with grief, but it kind of focuses more on abandonment and rejection. It's about a missing person case, a missing person's case, actually two missing person's cases, one that happened 20 years ago and one that's happening now. And, and I kind of touch upon um, um, how sometimes in the media, if an African-American person or a person of color goes missing, how, you know, they kind of talked about a little bit, but they don't get as much focus no. as maybe someone else who no. has. Right. So I, that, that's something that I'm going to kind of deal with in that, in the next book. Yeah, and then TV One, again, has Find Our Missing, so they're focusing more. And I have seen, like when I click, I have AOL, but I have seen some stories with people of color come up, or brown-skinned people come up more, like so-and-so was missing for so many years, and then other found. I'm starting to see that more, but it doesn't get the amount of attention, and oftentimes none uh, in the media Mm -hmm. that... um, at least not in national media, it might in local media, um, as much as when somebody who's Caucasian goes missing. But, um, yeah, TV One's starting to focus on that with Find Our Missing. And so I'm like, oh, wow, I'm starting to see a little bit, little bit more of it come out 
in the national media, and, and kudos to TV One for getting a start on that. I wanted to ask you next, what did you learn about yourself? You've been you've you've been very supportive of writers, and again, I hope writers will be supportive of you and your book when rain falls. What did you learn about yourself while you were writing when rain falls that you didn't know about yourself? You didn't have a clue about yourself before you started writing the book. Oh wow. Um I guess just writing the book. I really to be honest with you, writing fiction wasn't something that I thought I would do. I could remember in high school I wrote short stories for extra credit. Um I wrote short stories in college just to just be writing them. But I kind of just let that fall away. I I have always written I, I'm a journal person and I've written articles and devotions and, and Bible studies, mostly nonfiction over the past few years. So the fact that a, a character showed up out of the blue to me in 2006, actually a couple of characters, and I was not sure if it was going to be a short story. I didn't know if it was going to be a novella. But I kept writing and writing. I was like, this is actually going to be a book. And I wasn't sure until 2008. I was like, oh, I actually... I have written 300-odd pages, and this is an actual book. Wow. So um, I think just getting to it, because I think a lot of people get that, I want to write a book, and they may start a few chapters, but to get to the finish line and actually be to feel pretty good about what she wrote, that I felt like I told the story of this little girl in the back of a police car, what she what she became and, and what her life had become. And um, I just that part of writing felt good. I've always been a bookworm. I've read thousands of books probably at this point. But, um, yeah, just, just to um, now see the book in the bookstore um, wow. and see people reading and reacting. Yes. It's. Like I, I'm very encouraged now as I'm writing the next book to just yes. really take what I've heard, feedback, and um, just try to write a better story too. Just you know, keep keep it moving. Wow, <laughs> Tori, you 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 on your way. We have one of our uh, uh, someone who's in a chat room, cultivating faith blog. They had a question for you, and they wanted to ask, what is your overall goal for your books? Do you want to see them become like a TV series, become a movie? What is your overall goal for your books? Uh, well, I haven't, <laughs> haven't thought that far. Um, um, it would be great for them. I think they would work as movies. Um, right now, I just I'm looking for readers, looking for people who are interested. I I, I broke into something that was not me, but it's it's not found a lot, and that's there's not a lot of Christian fiction with African-American characters that are mystery or suspense novels. That was one of the, the driving forces, too, that I, I really was determined, okay, I'm going to try to write this book because it's not that many types of books out there. So I'm hoping I fill in or others alongside me will fill in a gap of people who enjoy that type of reading. If it goes past just, just the book, that would be wonderful. I think... One of the bloggers that I blog for, she asked the question, if I was to cast a movie, who would I play put in a role? And I think I, I chose um, uh, Idris Elba. Alba. Oh, okay. Um, 
to play the detective, and, and I forgot who else I chose. But, um, yeah, she had me thinking. I was like, this could be a possibility. I wouldn't have thought of it, but that would be fun. Yeah, and I know there's a whole another rewrite of the, the screenplay to do that. So that would be an interesting project, definitely. How, did you create the cover for When Rain, when Rain Falls? And I'm imagining that you did. But if you didn't, who did create the cover? You have a I like the cover of of your book uh, with the woman standing over there with the rain. She's sort of like at the for for forefront of the cover with the with the background, the scenery, the weather. You know, little little bit pushed back in the background. But did you create the cover for the book yourself? Or did I know I did not. You know, I I do um, create book covers. But actually, the the graphic designer at Urban Christian created the cover, and um, yeah, I didn't, when he sent it to me at first, I was like, I was looking for a little bit more rain, but it, it I, I I kept looking, I was like, I like this, this stormy factor to it, and the fact that he did try to weave in the grief and loss in the cover, so I love the cover, and uh, now I have to give credit to him. I'm actually looking forward to see what he does with the next one, because this one really turned out it's very, it's a very different look from the rest of the covers on the line, on the urban Christian line. So I really, I love it too. And 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 cultivating faith blog said they wanted to talk to you further about your goals. They're at, uh, they're on on Facebook at Cloud Nation Media. So it, I don't know if you want to Cloud Nation Media on Facebook if you wanted to reach out to them. I wanted to. Um, you, which do you prefer now at this point, Tyora? Would you say you prefer to write short stories or novels at this point? Because they are so, so different. Um, yeah, it was interesting with the anthology when I was asked to write the short story. At the time, I had written this novel, and then she had a word count of 8,000 words. I was like, can I do this? So once again, a story came to me, and it worked. I think I just like to write now. Um, actually, and I'll go ahead. I think you're the first radio host I'm telling this to, but actually I do have a novella, which is around 50,000 words, that I am going to uh, self-publish myself later this year. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, I'm What's the title of that? Um, that one is called Deep Fried Trouble, and it's about a an older woman who is an amateur sleuth. So it's as a very different character. I don't think there's too many African American amateur sleuths out there, but I'm gonna put her out there and see how readers like her. I enjoyed writing her. I actually wrote the novella after I wrote When Rain Falls years ago, and she was she's a, uh, where when When Rain Falls is I wouldn't call it dark, but it, it kind of is deals with dark subjects. Fried uh, mm-hmm. Trouble was kind of a chance for me to have a, a funny character. She says some of the craziest things that make you laugh out loud while you're writing her. So I hope readers will enjoy that. So, yeah, I just want to write. Whether it's a short story, an article, because I still write, I'm actually going to be guest blogging on a couple of blogs in the couple next couple of months, but those will be nonfiction articles. Mm-hmm. So just writing articles, short stories, novels, novellas, I'm ready. <laughs> wow, you you've written for various publications for our listeners, uh, including the Urban Christian Fiction Today and Woman of the Word. 
again, as as many of our listeners tune in, a lot of them would like to get their own writing careers going. Some of them are entrepreneurs who operate in other spaces. But when you hear people who have already done what you would like to do, and if you have, you said you got two rejections on rainfalls when you were submitting your manuscript and shopping it around, and then on the third time, which is 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 very very good, because some writers get many many I mean multiple rejections before they get that first thumbs up. So a lot of people listening and and in various areas out here in the world, they look at somebody who's already doing what they want to do. And it almost seems, especially if you get, you're getting those rejections or you're not getting the results you want, like it's something special about that person, like can I do what they have done? That said, with writers who are trying to get published for the first time, and, and in, in, a, in a periodical that's a quality periodical, not a periodical that will let anybody, they'll publish anybody, but they take quality work, what advice would you give to to new writers who who want to do what you did? They want to catch an editor's attention and get their work published for the first time in a quality magazine, newspaper, or website. What advice would you give to them as they're trying to do what you've already done? Um, sure. Um, well, maybe two things. First is um, really study the publication and try to look for. Um, niches that aren't really covered there. Something that you know the readers need to know about, some information or whatever you can provide, and try to provide something that's new or try to provide it from a different point of view. I think sometimes editors see some of the same things over and over again, so they may be more prone to reject it, but if you send them something that it's something they know their readers will need, but it, it kind of captures the attention in a different way. I would definitely try to, like with When Rain Falls, I have been reading Christian fiction for several years, but I have not seen that many books that were really mystery books, and that's what I set out to write. And secondly, um, have a good editor by your side. One of the first things I did with When Rain Falls is, although I felt like I wrote a good story, is I did hire an editor, and she helped me go back through with the content editing part to make sure I really did have the detectives do things in order as, you know, factual as a a detective would do. Um, And she helped me with the grammar part, picked up on some sentences that were awkward, um, so taking the time to make sure you have a polished manuscript or article as well, I, that would be the second thing I would say. So, one, look for ways you can, you know, there's nothing really original under the sun, but sometimes it's the way you craft it would help. Mm-hmm. And number two, just the editing, making sure it's just as polished as you can get it. I, 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 Really, really uh, a second what you said, knowing the market, knowing the periodicals, because you don't want to submit a story to a magazine and they just ran the story la- a similar story last month. Even yeah. if you write a really good story, the likelihood that they're going to publish it is is slim. So to, 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 to study, and some periodicals don't cover certain. If you're trying to submit an article to a wedding magazine, 
writing about how to repair a refrigerator is not going to work. I don't care how good the article is. So you you need to know the market and again be be sort of familiar with what they've done already. And you can also ask for an editorial calendar so you can see what their whether some of their upcoming issues going to be featured on and then write something along that the theme of what an upcoming feature is, you can increase your chances of getting published that way. And then besides that, I just tell you and anything else, you have to be persistent and cons- consistent. You don't want to be persistent for three months, then you lose all hope and give up and quit, and then you go six months just in a blah zone, and then you start get, becoming persistent again. You want to be consistently persistent, and eventually doors will start to open Sisters in Crime, edgy Christian fiction lovers, black writer, Christian literature, and American Christian fiction writers are some of the organizations that you've been a member of or who you are currently a member of. I wanted to ask you, now you said you subscribed to when I was asking you about your tech, how do you do your technology and keep up with everything. You said you subscribed to some blogs and one of them was Social Media Examiner. I want to ask you, how important do you think it is for writers? Because, you know, writing, the the <laughs> the bones of writing is you just, you have to get a good story down first. But there's so much more to writing, marketing, promoting. You got you to gotta get out and build and enhance relationships. You got to start networking. How important do you think it is, Tower, from your personal experience so far, how important do you think it is for a writer's career that they join writing organizations that sort of are similar to or support the themes that they write about in their books? And not only that they join, because I see a lot of this happen in social media, where people will join LinkedIn groups and they'll join social media, but they don't participate. They don't They don't build relationships. They don't, somebody asks a question, they don't answer the question, they don't make comments. So, how important do you think it is to join these organizations and to be active in in them as well? Oh, I definitely. Um, if you're going to join them, you definitely should be active. Um, social media is what it is. It's social. So it is about, it's another form of networking that has been around for years, except it allows you to network with more people um, in, in various places in the U.S. and around the world, but it, it does take uh, people skills. You do have to, when people ask, like you said, they leave a comment, that you go back and answer, and that you also go to other people and ask questions and, and, and you know, be a part of what they're doing and showing your support for them as well. For an author, I think that's essential because online you have places like Goodreads.com. I really didn't realize what a great community that is until I actually signed up on there. I have been a member myself, but I put in the author profile and to get the amount of feedback that I did when I sent out advanced um, copies of When Rain Falls last summer and fall, I realized this is you know, this is good. It's not sometimes better than Facebook. But to get in those areas, because those are readers, those are people who are hardcore bookworms, and that's what you need as an author. You need to be in touch with them to see what they're reading and 
to, you know, get in there so they can, you know, read what you what you have put out as a published book as well. But and as I mentioned, Facebook is the top social network, and that's not by mistake. I mean, they present a platform that enables you to also get in touch with readers, um, and they can post on your wall. You can set up pages to keep them up to date on where you are. Twitter, another one that I highly use a lot, is another place where you have all types of bloggers and reviewers who are posting about books and talking about books. You have to find them, but they're there. There are a lot of them there. So Mm -hmm. they're essential. But definitely you don't want to go, um, and that was a balance I had to find myself in it with my clients. You don't just promote, promote, promote. You really do try to touch bases with people, you know, ask them how they're doing, retweet some of their good yes. um, tweets and, and, and share their posts on, on other pages. It's it's that networking times ten on the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, and it 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 is and, and we I feature somebody at my blog, Right Money Inc. Um dot com. And she started um, Hope Clark. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She she does funds for writers. And she started her newsletter years ago. And she just started putting information with writing contests, grants, you know, jobs for writers. And she's got thousands of subscribers. And it, it, she didn't even promote it. It just the word got out. But when you start giving people things they're looking for and you support other people, something you've done for years, people know you're not just out there just taking, 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 because they know that you've you've you've, you've done way too much supporting of others for that to even be in your nature. So hopefully they'll come around and also support you. But when it comes to social media, you have to do both. You can't just go out there and tell people all about you know, your blog and your book, you also have to tell them about other good things, give them advice, tips, motivational quotes. You have to give as well. And I think that that is going to become even more important if social media continues the way it has as the years go forward. We only have, believe it or not, about nine minutes left. And I wanted to ask you before we go, and, 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 and number one, ask you how people can get copies of your books. But before I do that, can you just tell us briefly about your short story, Birthing Pains, for those who may be interested in picking up the anthology and give us the title of the anthology that Birthing Pains is in, and just give us a little background on the story. Oh, oh most definitely. Um, Birthing Pains is the short story I wrote for the anthology, Home Again, Stories of Restored Relationships. And that was the brainchild of uh, Christian fiction author Wanda B. Campbell, she uh, brought together myself and, and several other writers who we've all kind of been um, friends or in kind of the same circles for several years. And it's it's about, it's, it's kind of um, a lot of, we, we know there's lots of romance readers, but this kind of centers on the love relationship between families and friends, uh, siblings, just um, how um, things can come in to destroy the relationship and how they are built back up again. My particular story centered around uh, Eugenia Patterson, who also will happen to be the main character of the novella that I talked about earlier. Um, I wrote the novella first, 
and later I wrote this short story as the prequel to the novella. So uh, I tell readers when that anthology came out, they would see her again, so they will see her again. But in this particular story, we meet Eugenia and her her husband and her daughter, and um, it's a, a, a story of the sentence around this teenager. She she happens to become pregnant, and what what comes out from the family through some tensions that have been in the family for years. When this young teenager becomes pregnant, they kind of all surface to the top. So I hope readers will, will check out the anthology. There's lots of other. Um, great stories in there between uh, a husband and wife and two sisters, I think two twin brothers and two twin sisters. So just great, great stuff. How can our off-the-shelf listeners uh, here here at Blog Talk Radio and and at Blake Radio, how can we get a copy of Home Again and your new book, When Rain Falls? Where where are your books sold? Are they in e-book and in print? And how can we get copies? Uh, yes, both When Rain Falls and Home Again are available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, mostly all the online bookstores. They are both available for the Kindle and the Nook. I believe Home Again is available on Smashwords. And um, also they can get copies if they want autographed copies. Um, I have some on my, that you can order from my website, which is Taor Moody, P-Y-O-R-A, m o o d y dot com. So there's a variety of ways they can get copies. Okay, so go. You can go to any online ebook uh, retailer and get a copy. Is it are they in print as well? Yes, they are um, both. In okay. Yes, and oh, okay. Um, actually, one rainfalls for people who are Black Expressions readers. It's available in hard copy on blackexpressions.com. dot com. Oh, great, great. That's I know that's a huge book uh, book club. So that's good. I want to ask you, you also do virtual tours for authors. What's included in a tour? I know now you tell me you're also starting to teach because you got so many people banging at the door and you're now writing your novels and you just got so much going on. But what's included in a in a in a virtual tour for authors? And how about how long do the tours last? Um, yeah, it, it varies according to who's coordinating them. But for me, the virtual book tours that I do, I'm actually doing one for myself, for When Rain Falls, the When Rain Falls virtual book tour is going on now. Uh, mine can last anywhere from four to six weeks. I did kind of a change-up where in the past few years I did it for a week. I decided to do longer campaigns um, for authors. So mine lasts from four to six weeks. Um, it has three parts to it. Uh, one part is the blog tour part where the author would – guest blog or um, do interviews or will post book reviews on various blogs on the tour. The second part is um, blog talk radio shows or podcasts where you can hear and listen to the author on the tour. And then the third part really hits on social media quite a bit, uh, mainly using Facebook and Twitter with posting, you know, where you can find the author, where you can um, order the book and um, various things like that. So um, it's kind of a three-part interactive with some audio, video added to um, hopefully, you know, bring the reader um, more information about the book and to find out a little more about the author as well. Okay. How can book clubs, Tower, with just a few minutes left, how can book clubs 
and any other organization that might want you to come and speak. Speak. Uh, it could be on a Women's Day, uh, how, teaching people how to write or how to how to publish and market their own work. How can they get in contact with you and have you come and appear at an upcoming event? Um, sure. Um, I actually have a page on my site. It's called For Readers, and um, it's on TowerMoody.com. And on that For Readers page, um, I have information for book clubs, and I also have uh, information for uh, maybe a person who's a, a not in a book club. Um, I will be available to do in-person um, readings or discussions in South Carolina. I'm located in South Carolina. And I'm willing to travel to Georgia and North Carolina uh, to do in-person events. And right now I am available on Skype. I'm really willing to try out Google Hang Time and or Hang Out. And then um, I'm an iPhone user. I'm thinking of getting an iPad. So I'm willing to do FaceTime interviews as well, too. So I'm definitely going to use technology um, if book clubs are willing and, and want to do that, or I'm definitely willing to uh, show up in person within the uh, the the area, the Georgia Carolinas area as well. Oh, okay, Southern lady, you don't I don't hear the accent in your voice at all from South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually grew up in New York for oh, so I was a teenager. Okay. My, yeah, my parents are from the South, so we moved down to South Carolina. Uh, probably when I was thirteen or fourteen. So oh, I have okay. this voice that kind of I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> oh, okay, you don't have a you don't have a southern accent. At least I don't hear it coming through for you now. Now about the social networks. With just two minutes to go, <laughs> you're on you're on LinkedIn, and yes, you said Facebook and on Twitter. Where else can our off the shelf listeners find you at the social networks? I'm I'm on kind of what I consider the top five Facebook. Um, there Tower Moody and Twitter. I'm there at Tower Moody. Google Plus, you can find me at Tower Moody. Um, I have joined Pinterest.com. I actually really like that site. So um, I will probably be on there later this afternoon. I have a few things I want to pin on mine, and uh, of course LinkedIn. So kind of the the top five, you can find me on there. Now, with pent interest, isn't that basically driven by pictures and whatnot? Isn't that and 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 I heard recently they they took they made a change. You have to be receive an invitation to pent interest by somebody who's already a member before you can join. Is that is that correct? Um, yes. Um, it's actually not out for the public yet. It's kind of still in beta form. So, oh, yeah, okay. I waited for an invite. If you're you are oh. one of your listeners or interested in invite, I'll be happy to um send you one. But yeah, once you're in, you can invite others. But it's it's technically it's growing fast. Yeah. So it's just an invite only right now. But it's a wonderful opportunity for authors, because if you're one of those people who are visual, which I am, um, I like to post, you know, scenes. Like my Wet Rain Falls is set in Charlotte, um, North Carolina, and then my, my other stories in the novella are set in Charleston, South Carolina. So um, I like to be able to add imagery that, you know, readers, if they're interested, they can see about that part of the United States where the books are set. Oh, okay. 
You, I got to tell you, we have come to the end of today's interview. Believe it or not, you once again have been absolute joy. This interview went by so fast. I had about ten other questions to ask you, but this interview went by so so fast. Oh my goodness, Tyora. Thank you, thank you so much. I encourage everybody to go out and get a copy of Tyora's, her first novel, Oh My Goodness, When Rain Falls, and it's published by Urban Christian Kensington Publishers, a, a mainstream publisher. Congratulations, kudos to Tyora. You can check her out online at T-Y-O-R-A-M-O-O-D-Y.com, and I encourage you to do that as soon as this interview uh, as soon as we in uh, just a few seconds when this interview ends, t y o r a m o o d y dot com. Read some excerpts from her book. You're gonna see her technical skills at her website. She is just some kind of dynamo. And then she's got deep fried trouble that's coming out. She has birthing pains, which is in an anthology, uh, and the anthology is titled "Home Again: Stories of Restored Relationships." Uh, uh, the When Rain Falls is going to be a book series, so that will continue, and you'll see another book coming out on that. And look for Deep Fried Trouble, which is a, a book that she's going to self-publish. And it sounds, she said it's a little bit more lighter than When Rain Falls, but a lot of people, I'm sure, will appreciate When Rain Falls as they possibly experience a lot of events that happen to the main character, Candace Johnson, in the book. Thank you so much, Tyora, for being here with us. Thank you to the folks at the the the, uh, the the blog uh, uh, in the chat room today, and thank you for those who tuned in on on the radio at Blake Radio and here at uh, Blog Talk Radio. So appreciate you. Please come back next Saturday at eleven o'clock, where we will bring you another phenomenal guest who is a mover and shaker in the book publishing industry. And please, this week, look for a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me, which you can get at my website www.chistel.com or Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Apple, any online ebook retailer. It will be out this week. Again, that's Love Pour Over Me. And go support Tyora Moody when rain falls. Thank you, Tyora. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish you tremendous, tremendous success. And I'll shoot you, a, shoot you an email. Bye for now.